0: Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Got a watch yet, Jason? A watch? No, no. I still do not have my Apple Watch because it will not be my Apple Watch because I don't want a fucking Apple Watch.
1: All right, watch the space, dear listeners.
0: No, don't watch the space. (laughs) No.
1: Okay. Good job, Jason. I listened to uh, your Grump on Grump episode with Tim Ferriss, our little special episode 107 that came out on Tuesday.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Can't wait to Uh, hear yours.
1: I enjoyed uh, an awful lot of it. Um, I'm really intrigued in in how the diet thing is going for you, so maybe you can talk a little bit about that. But the biggest point for me, and I love this one, uh, is when you and Tim both went off on being your gun nuts, and then he actually admitted he thinks it's the less realistic I think being a one-man army could be.
0: Yeah, which which has
1: always been your you're like, got to have the guns in case the shit goes down. Even Tim Ferriss has given up on that.
0: No, 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 no. There's there's a difference here between owning guns and having them just in case and then being like, you know, having an armory. There's a big difference between those two. Okay, and I've never said that I wanted an armory.
1: I'm reasonably sure that that uh, Tim Ferriss was basically stating that even, you know, having a gun just in case is kind of useless.
0: No, 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 no. Okay. no, 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 no. There's all right. Just saying. No, well you can you can just be saying and go die in a fire because I hate whenever you say just saying, that's just the, the worst backhanded comment. Well, that, it's, that, it's just that like is saying I don't I don't mean to offend you. Well fuck you. You just did. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. See, that just means you're not willing to have an argument about it. You just you have made up your mind and you're just gonna stick your head in the sand. You're so, right. I have made up my mind. Yeah.
1: I think I think guns are bad.
0: Okay. Well, I don't. I've been <laughs> shooting since I was six and I haven't killed anybody yet. Yet, yes, just say it. <laughs> I'm moving to your neck of the woods real soon, so watch it, buddy. Just say it. <laughs> but in <laughs> so right. I do not have a watch, but guess what? I have now again
1: another Fitbit.
0: Yes, I do. I lasted twelve days.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're single-handedly keeping them in business
0: at this. I point. have. Yeah, I've spent at least five hundred and fifty bucks in their ecosystem because I've got a Fitbit One. This is my. Well, I started with the regular, then went to the Ultra, and now this is like my third one, I believe. And right. also I've got the ARIA Wi-Fi scale. Because so, okay. I'm locked in now. I've got lock-in. What are Apparently you going to
1: do? do? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, MXV, the, the roommate got, he was, uh, I gave him my old Misfit Shine. And the band on that old Misfit Shine sucks so bad, it always popped out and he ended up losing it. And even he was like like, three days after, he's just like, man, I feel like I'm wasting my steps when I'm walking because I'm not counting them. And you right. went out and got the new Misfit, which is like thirty thirty two 32 bucks. Hmm. It's super cheap, does the exact same stuff that the Shine does and has a band that won't let it fall out. So if you want to get go go on the cheap, check out the new Misfit.
1: Or just use the Argus app on your phone.
0: I, I got a plus, man. This thing's I can't keep this thing in my pocket all the time.
1: I know I, I'm I'm actually due for my phone upgrade uh, two weeks. So. I can't wait. I'm not even going to get the plus. I just, I've already just seen the six and it's just a monster boy. Someday. I hope the technology comes around to make these things smaller.
0: <laughs> you, oh, should, wait, you should, you should try it though. You should try the plus. Cause you know what? Everybody I know now that has a six is like, yeah, I should have just gone with the plus.
1: I no, I've, I've uh, a buddy of mine has one and I played around with it. I've gone to the Apple store. I've, I've held them both and I, I've got an iPad mini. I don't need one that I can talk on.
0: I tell you what, if you had the plus, you could just sell the mini. honestly, That's-
1: I know, but uh, I don't want the plus. I just really don't. I, I, I like to have my phone on me when I do bike rides, all that sort of stuff. So the smaller, the better, as far as I'm concerned. I might actually buy your Razer off you.
0: No, my Razer yeah. <laughs> is mine. Although well, I told you that Razer, like the, the radio and it's terrible. Yeah. So I, I have the, the one that I bought to get the chip to put in the Razer, and I just ended up using that. It's like an, <laughs> like an LG or something like that. But, you know, when I travel, I always have my two phones.
1: Yeah, well, you're great, great.
0: I am. I know. I know. But if I lose my iPhone, then I at least have the way to call somebody, you know, that's true. And the battery on it lasts for days. Although the six plus the battery lasts for days, too. What are you going to do?
1: I can't wait for that. My iPhone five is just it lasts about 45 minutes now on a battery.
0: Yeah, everybody's I know is like that.
1: Uh, Unbelievable.
0: Oh, well, (laughs) what are you going to do? Hey, go crowdfund yourself a new phone.
1: Ah, I love this. You know, we talk about Morrissey quite a bit on this show, which is a little bit strange considering we're a technology show. But, uh, you know, Morrissey's practically a Luddite, but we like him. and And you
0: like him a lot more now
1: i like him a lot more now because i was not too thrilled when he was touring with amanda fucking palmer because as we all know i'm not a big fan of hers anyways oh really Um,
0: i've never heard that before they
1: toured together and the entire reason that morrissey has made his comments about crowdfunding is because amanda palmer in her typical subtle way that doesn't draw any attention to herself whatsoever advocated that morrissey do crowdfunding in an open letter on salon because you know (laughs) She couldn't just say it to him in catering.
0: I know. I'm like, OK, you're touring together and you're such an attention whore that you have to go out and, and do an open letter to a guy that you're on tour with.
1: Yeah, well, that's the Amanda Palmer way. Why say something privately when I can put it everywhere in public and get attention to me, 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 me.
0: You know, I, I really liked her after the book and I followed her on Twitter for a little while, but she is too goddamn chatty. So I had to mute her. Uh, but that open letter thing, that was just such a smarmy move. And I'm like, okay, maybe Brian has something there with her, but (laughs) it definitely changed my tone. I only read like a little bit of it and I'm just like, wow, this is just desperation. It's so bizarre. Like trying to get people on your side to prove your point, you know, and Morrissey is just like, no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Morrissey basically didn't, he didn't respond. He was asked in an interview, which is how one should. Probably do these sorts of things instead of an open letter. Well, that's how uh, you do
0: it when you're a goddamn rock star.
1: Exactly. So he called crowdfunding a desperate measure and insulting to your audience. What's the next thing you're going to ask? Brush our teeth? So <laughs> I, I love Morrissey. What are you going to do?
0: No, <laughs> I still haven't read his book because it was just too damn depressing. I got 12 pages in and I'm just like, no, nah, I <laughs> can't do it.
1: I, I really enjoyed the book, as I said on the show, and but it is depressing. And you certainly get an idea of why Morrissey became... Morrissey,
0: basically. Yeah, yeah. I think I could figure that part out. But it was funny. Speaking of Amanda Palmer, I read a tweet from Neil Gaiman. He's like, "I'm trying to go to bed, but my wife is reading the Morrissey uh, bio out loud." And he's like, "Yeah, it's really depressing."
1: Yeah. Well, she even look at look at Amanda Palmer. She even needs attention from her husband in bed. She can't just read (laughs) by quietly. She has to do it with an audience.
0: Everything with an audience.
1: She's maybe she added that onto her Patreon page uh, you know, give me 200 bucks and I'll read a chapter.
0: <laughs> I'm just waiting for an open letter to Neil Gaiman on salon saying, honey, we need milk. Pick it up from the store tonight.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, other good things that happened. Uh, Jay-Z took to Twitter to defend title. Yeah. I, saw I, I know we said we were not going to talk about title anymore, but this was so damn funny. I can't resist. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. Let's just say people got creative with their hashtags and basically told Jay-Z what, is really going on.
0: Yeah, the title facts hashtag was pretty funny. I yeah. got to give it to that.
1: That was good stuff. And again, another example of how maybe Twitter isn't the best way to try to get your message across.
0: Uh, at least when you have to see whatever. Yeah. <laughs> moving on.
1: OK, moving on. The other thing that is a little bit funky about title and this one, I actually I feel a little bit bad for title about, but uh, it's not really a surprise. Uh, if you want the title app and you go through Apple Store to get it, you're going to pay more than if you just went to the site itself.
0: Well, yeah, well, they're, yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're tacking on the 30% that Apple charges to be in the app, you know, in the ecosystem and yeah. passing along, passing that along to the consumers.
1: Yeah. So most apps would just, you know, eat that themselves, but you know, title isn't going to do that.
0: Well, here's the, here's the upside. Nobody's going to end up paying for it because nobody's signing up to title. So it's a moot point. <laughs> it's a totally yeah. moot point. And if you're dumb enough to not just be able to go to the website and sign up, well, then we'll just call that a, a, a dumbass fee. Yeah. I agree. It's the idiot tax.
1: And I wanted to follow up on what we were talking about last week about music and streaming and revenues that you can get from various services. I did finally find the chart that... Uh, That was in my brain, but I could not find. And I popped it in our show notes for this week. And uh, it's uh, from Digital Music News, how a musician can earn minimum wage in 2015. So he kind of takes that tact on it. I don't really care about the minimum wage numbers. What I am interested in is you can just see the different uh, revenues and how much you have to be streamed on multiple streaming services to make any amount of money whatsoever. And if you think posting your music on YouTube is doing you any favors, go take a look at this chart.
0: Yeah, I mean, just my only problem with the chart was they screwed up out of the gate and said, you know, uh, if you, an artist sells CDs at $12 each, they earn $12 in profit, which mm-hmm. means they didn't include, you know, the cost of goods, transportation, you know, driving to back and forth to the shows to the post office, packaging. They didn't yeah, well, factor that you know. into the equations, which means I just feel like the numbers are going to be sloppy for the rest of it. So, you know, it's just, it just a litmus test that if you, if you screw up the first numbers, chances are the other numbers are probably going to be somewhat skewed too.
1: Well, I agree that you have to factor in distribution costs for physical products, but you do not for these streams. So at least for the streaming stuff, I don't think that there's any skew with that whatsoever.
0: At least I have to factor in production costs. (laughs) So I'm going to go polish my gun and then we'll hit the news. Just saying. In the news. So we've talked in the past about Tesla and the fact that they were going to try and put batteries in houses. Yep. Well, it's done. We're going to have them.
1: I think that's amazing. The power wall. I'm very excited (laughs) about this. I I think it's a it was a genius move on their part. And I always knew that Tesla was never going to stick with just the cars. It was always about the power. And, well, you know, I've I've complained many times about how we're basically in a third world power grid here in the US. um, So I'd like to see anything that can help change that.
0: So you got uh, two options. You got the ten kilowatt hour option for thirty five hundred. The seven kilowatt hour model for three thousand. Hmm. And it is not a tiny battery. It's three feet by four feet. Yeah, <laughs> and about six inches deep. They they show it uh, in the press photos next to, of course, a Tesla. Hmm. And uh, it's not tiny, but you no, know no. You, you would expect a battery that can run your house to not be tiny.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this isn't really for people that live in apartments, but if uh, you got a, you know, your standard American dream white picket fence house with a nice big garage, you can definitely get this in there and get yourself off the grid.
0: And yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out with this as far as dealing with power companies and uh, others like solar companies, like Solar City. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be a pretty big move for them.
1: Yeah. So. Now, I, I did miss the announcement itself. I know that there were rumors swirling around right before that they were going to try to lease them and so that you actually didn't own them. So I'm glad to see that you do just outright own it. You buy it. It's yours. Good.
0: Well, I'm sure that they're going to do a, a lease to own option like with, yeah. with the likes of Solar City, because that's, you know, that's a whole like overtime deal. So if they yeah. if they couple with them, expect to see that as like, you know, an add on bonus. <laughs> right. <laughs> Upgrade. Yes. So in other megalomaniacal news, Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Bezos launched his rocket, the blue, the blue origin rocket, which looks more like a pocket rocket. If you look at the pictures, (laughs) it is a very penis looking spaceship. (laughs) Uh, Um, Are you going to go up in the space cock today, Joe? Yeah, I'm in the space cock. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. um, You know, I'm, Whatever. I mean, it's totally megalomaniacal but uh, I, what? Are, I'm okay with with these basically independent. I'm I'm gonna go like a- Ayn Randian a little bit here. Um, <laughs> if if our government is basically abandoning space programs, uh, I'm okay with people that have shit tons of money doing it. Uh, somebody's got to. This is you know we're human. We're we're supposed to be reaching towards the stars. If it's Amazon guy doing it, fine. Because our government certain certainly isn't bothering anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just wonder when, you know, <laughs> space Amazon deliveries, like when the when the drone just can't handle it, put it on yes. the space cock.
1: I need it now. <laughs> Fire it off the rocket immediately. I just kind of wish he would have stuck with, you know, saving journalism, which was his original thing when he bought the Washington Post. But uh, Washington Post hasn't really gotten that much better.
0: Well, I haven't paid any attention to it because it's the Washington Post. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> yeah. there you go.
1: So, yeah, in local news, uh, Santa Monica, the city in which I call myself a resident and I own a property, has moved to ban most Airbnb rentals.
0: Well, this will be good, I think, if it it forces them into, like, you know, dealing with local municipal regulations. Yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm. On the one hand, owning a property here in Santa Monica, there's, there's a bit of a hackle that goes up that says it's my damn property. I get to do what I want. But this is my point, and this is why I've not liked Uber and Airbnb and all this economy 2.0 crap, which is uh, you don't get to disrupt the system by just ignoring the regulations and rules. And that's exactly what these companies have done. So I'm 100% behind this, uh, you know, basically they're saying, yeah, you could do this if you followed all the regulations and rules and taxes that everybody else has to.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so, it, eventually it's going to move into that because they, yeah. everybody wants their tax dollars. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I bet they don't even give a shit about the regulations. They just want their tax money. You give them their tax money. Everybody's happy. Yeah. But you know what makes me happy? What? Venice Beach has passed the topless sunbathing proposal. OK, so, you know, when, it, when we come down, we might have to shift from Finn McCool's down to like a picnic on the beach.
1: Look, we, we've had go topless day in Venice every year since I've lived here once a year. Um, and obviously, I, who cares if women can go <laughs> topless if they want to? They, this is, happens in Europe and it's always been that way in Europe and society has not crumbled So I think we're okay. The problem with this is I have gone down to the go topless day in Venice once or twice, and it's never the people that you wish were topless.
0: (laughs) Of course. And I have been to the beaches of Europe and it's uh, (laughs) it is hit or miss. It is definitely hit or miss. Uh, Speaking of misses, Marissa Mm -hmm. Meyer uh, missed her target. And she was docked 13 million dollars off her paycheck.
1: Yeah, I bet that really hurt from the other 42 million she still made. Exactly.
0: 42 million to run Yahoo into the (sighs) ground. The only way that that company is in business right now is because they own 15% of Alibaba. Yeah. That's it. That's the only reason that that Yahoo still exists. You
1: and I could run Yahoo better in one hour on Friday. In fact, I think we do on this podcast.
0: (laughs) I don't know. When was the last time that you or anybody you know has been at Yahoo? Uh,
1: My parents still have it set to the default homepage on their browser.
0: Exactly. Once the actuarial tables start to kick in and we start to lose <laughs> the greatest generation, uh, the, the Yahoo numbers are just going to fall through the floor. They've got, they, have a, they have a timeline right now. You can probably go by you know, an, an actuarial table that will show the death of Yahoo.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so. And uh, speaking of death, looks like Twitter's in a bit of a spiral.
0: Yeah, they had a little oopsie.
1: <laughs> a little?
0: Yeah, <laughs> a couple billion dollar oopsie.
1: I like it when people finally start to realize that uh, these companies aren't worth gazillions of dollars.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm not
1: saying that Twitter has no value. It certainly does. But it does not have the value that we seem to give it.
0: Well, I, all these people have these outrageous valuations. I mean, they did bring in four hundred and thirty-six million dollars last last year. So yeah.
1: Well, like I said, it, I mean, Twitter does have value. It's not going to die. I don't think so. But I see this as one of the first times that any of these big companies have actually gotten whacked on on their insane valuations.
0: Well, and this was all because of uh, you know uh, automated trading and an errant uh, you know Twitter account. It was <laughs> it, it was a comedy of technological errors. Yes, but just (laughs) reporting bad news.
1: I mean, I'm focused more on the news than the errors that published it early. So,
0: yeah. So anyways, (laughs) speaking of horrible technological news,
1: this is so disappointing to me.
0: You don't you don't like the new Microsoft browser?
1: Oh, I was so I mean, the whole all the the publicity leading up to this. We've talked about it a bunch of times about Project Spartan and how this browser was going to be stripped down and just great and fast.
0: There is more shit in this browser than you can shake a stick at.
1: Well, all, all, the whole band is in there. They even shoved Bono. Oh, I no, know. What are you going to no. do? See, you gotta yeah, make a YouTube joke. Everybody was. So, See, yeah, no, no, no. An edge.
0: my problem with it is now I've got the, the edge of glory from Lady Gaga stuck in my head because that was the See. first song that came to mind. I'm like, no,
1: get out, get out. It's incredibly strange that you would know Lady Gaga song and I didn't.
0: Oh, God, it was everywhere for a long time.
1: I'm good at ignoring things.
0: <laughs> well, yes, I know that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, it's just annoying. Why didn't they just make, you know, a really lean standards compliant browser mm-hmm. that everybody would like, you know, as a, as a, well, pretty much ex developer at this point, I look at this and go, Oh great. More crap that I have to support. I, who look, cares if you can doodle on a page?
1: Look, I just see Microsoft as forward thinking because that's, you know, a, a lean browser is how Firefox started and how Chrome started, and they skipped (laughs) directly ahead to being full of crap that we don't need. So Microsoft just said, well, why don't we skip the middle part and just go straight to the end?
0: Yeah, bloatware out of the gate.
1: (laughs) See, forward thinking.
0: Oh, Oh, Speaking of bloaty, uh, Uh Chipotle, anyone?
1: Yeah, you know, I know you're not a fan. I find it to be delicious and one of the better fast food options you can get and certainly healthy if you order it correctly. Um, this uh, this article was a little bit misleading. Uh, they called it Chipotle delivery. It's technically not them. They made a deal with a company called Postmates, which delivers uh, which will now deliver Chipotle bur- burritos, bowls and tacos in 67 U.S. cities. Uh, unfortunately, the Postmates is not quite ready for prime time.
0: Yeah, there's like the Uber of diarrhea. Yeah, because they will bring Chipotle right to your door. Chipotle
1: is good. And a big part of your buddy, Tim Ferriss, is a uh, slow carb diet, I believe.
0: Well, no, I mean, it, yes, the ingredients are there, but whatever Chipotle puts in their food, I mean, from it's from mouth to ass in 30 minutes or less. Uh, this is from the guy
1: <laughs> who loves Del Taco.
0: Oh, well, Del Taco doesn't send me screaming to the border. OK. <laughs> OK, so a Florida man named Robert Heath has filed an age discrimination lawsuit against Google. Yay. I love it. Yeah, this is great. So, yeah, he's, he's 64 now, but he was 60 when he applied at Google. And everybody said, like all of his tests, he was overqualified or not just overqualified. But he was completely qualified for the job. Right. And they didn't give it to him. So now yeah. he's 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 suing them. He's trying to get a class action suit against them.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was probably interviewed by a 22 year old kid. Yeah. 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 I, I hope he wins this lawsuit. I think it's it's a good thing. Uh, we've talked about this many times. And I mean, this guy, I mean, our main argument for for hiring older people is is their experience. And, you know, this guy, it's not even just experience. I mean, he actually he knows his crap better than those kids do.
0: Yeah. No, he's a qualified developer. I'm just you know, if I'm coding at 60, then huh, shoot me now. Exactly. I, I, ha- <laughs> I have one shotgun shell that says retirement plan on it. And that'll be it. <laughs> Uh, So, what do you think of this new thing with Google trying to buy patents to thwart trolls?
1: Uh, I, I I mean, I I know we got we have to do something. I don't necessarily think that uh, Google gave up do no evil a long time ago. So I'm not exactly trusting them to go around and buy up all the patents.
0: Yeah, this is a trust. uh, Well, it's a trust in giving a shit issue is how I think of it. (laughs) It's like a if you're selling them your patent, do you trust them to not do anything evil with it in the future? And do you give a shit? If they do or not, because they're handing you a boatload of money, you know? So it's like you have the moral side, you have the amoral side to whoever's selling the patents to them. And either way, I I really just don't care. Yeah, honestly, this is not the way to fight patent trolls. The way to fight patent trolls is to get rid of software patents altogether.
1: I thought it was just to give Adam Carolla a lot of money.
0: That too, that too.
1: Okay, just checking. (laughs) Uh, So Top Gear is finally dead.
0: It is, is completely fun. dead.
1: News came out this week that uh, that uh, well, we all knew that they weren't going to do it, but James May finally made it official that he is not coming back to Top Gear. So no more Top Gear. Now somebody has to run over there with bags of the monies.
0: And all the money To do a show. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure that they are in negotiations now.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sure they are as well. There's uh, there's just so much money to be made. And those guys still want to keep doing the show, and they're very good at it. So They're extraordinarily
0: good at it, yes. so. it. It
1: made me care about well, not really care about cars, but made me watch a car show.
0: It actually made me interested in cars. I know more about cars now than I ever wanted to. I'm never going to buy one like that <laughs> they have on the show. But, yeah. you know, I, I go buy the cheapest car I can, can get. But it's fun to watch. And it's still it is definitely the show is not about cars. Everybody that watches it knows that. Yeah. Um, but what people didn't know, this is funny. This, I put this in the show notes early in the week. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a thread on Reddit that was talking about uh, tattoos. And the Apple Watch. And people yep. are like, it thinks I'm dead. you <laughs> <It> can't <laughs> find my heartbeat. And uh, Apple finally confirmed it, uh, you know, like a week later. But yeah, Reddit knew it before everybody that uh, if you have certain colored tattoos on your wrist, it will not be able to. Uh, the light that they use to read your blood vessels yeah. can't get through the ink or like it has a reaction to the ink and doesn't respond properly.
1: Yeah. So well, this is uh, not terribly surprising. And what are you going to do? I, I don't. There's, you know, it's a technology thing. It's not, it's not like Apple went out of their way to, to screw with people that have tattoos.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just stuff in the ink, you know?
1: And so it's also, it's a little surprising that absolutely nobody that works for Apple has wrist tattoos and and found this out themselves.
0: Well, this could be why they make you go try it on first. Uh Uh-huh. You know? There you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So as much as I complain about big data, and and it terrifies me, and I think it terrifies you as well, some big data came out this week uh, that I find incredibly interesting. Uh, They crunched the numbers for Spotify and basically have discovered that... uh, Age forty-two, which I am rapidly approaching on, and you've already passed, is basically where we hit a musical midlife crisis, and we start to listen to the music that the kids listen to because we're starting to feel old. Which explains your Lady Gaga.
0: I was going to say this completely <laughs> explains why I know who Lady Gaga is, and yes. you don't.
1: Yes. Well, I I listened to. The, I love the first Lady Gaga album. She lost me after that, and uh, I'm not quite there yet. So I have not hit my musical midlife crisis and I'm not listening to the music of the kids though. Expect in the next year, uh, me talking about, um, Wiz Khalifa or people like
0: that. Well, that see, that's the funny thing. Know. Yeah. Like pop, <laughs> pop music was not the the music of my teens, but I have been listening to a lot more of the old stuff like dead Kennedys and old screeching weasel and stuff like that. So they might be onto something here.
1: They might be. Yeah, they basically the study goes on to basically say that uh, age 35 is kind of where you've hit your prime musical taste, where you are listening to the most stuff that you will ever listen to in your entire life. And you're very knowledgeable about music. And then it basically declines. And then around 42, you briefly go back to popular music and you basically spend a couple months going, oh, yeah, I'm listening to all this stuff. And then you finally go get off my lawn and go back to the stuff you liked. yeah.
0: (laughs) It's a strange curve that, that, yeah, that, follows. It, it's
1: interesting. Um, but again, it's, we've talked about this many times on the show. I, there are no subcultures anymore. There is only basically just pop. And I wonder how that would skew if things were different. if I, if there were still, you know, like really strong industrial subcultures and I was listening to really great music that, you know, nobody puts out anymore.
0: Yeah. Mo- <laughs> most pop music. I'd rather listen to a cat in a blender than listen to Taylor Swift, but yeah, me too. Oh, what are you going to do? So the Japanese have uh, come up with a kind of a cool little uh plan. They're they're uh the Japanese post group, IBM and Apple have partnered to deliver millions of iPads to uh Japan's senior citizens with That's great. with yeah, with different different apps to make sure that they're taking their medicine or if they've fallen and they can't get up, <laughs> that okay. kind of thing. And I think it's really cool because I think it's besides the the safety aspect of it I think it's it'll help them cognitively to be able to, you know, use technology. Yeah, because as we know, you you use it or lose it. So if they've got these kinds of things on, you know, they're using digital stuff every day and learning how to use an iPad. I think that will just improve their quality of life. So I
1: I, I agree completely. And I think this is a great uh, move. In fact, I mean, I had an idea very similar to this a while back A, a buddy of mine actually does. Basically, an Uber for older people, so they feel you know safer, and you know, they have very, very calm drivers who are <laughs> used to dealing with older people. And I had talked to him at one point about an idea of basically pushing his company a little bit bigger and going around to to retirement homes with things like you know iPads and, and teaching them how to use them and setting them up with FaceTime so they can talk to their families and all that sort of stuff. I I think things like this are great, uh, and I applaud Japan for being forward thinking.
0: Yeah, and uh, we've got the press release in the show notes, but the the article under it is uh, Creating Digital Assistance for Japan's Senior Citizens. Uh, read that one, because that's mm-hmm. from the guy who designed it. Yeah. Like one of, or one of the lead designers on it. So it, that one is is a worthwhile read for sure. The other one is just, you know. Yeah, the, the other one's a press release. It's a press release. <laughs> um, now, we've talked many times about putting your stuff in somebody else's digital yard. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> this was this is actually an article I found on Slate, which I don't know how I got there. Um, Sorry,
1: I'm sure it's my fault.
0: I'm sure it's somewhere along the way. I'm just saying um, it's called deleting the family tree. Uh, Ancestry.com shuttered. It's myfamily.com site mm-hmm. a while back. And they said that they were going to give an export option for people. And they did give them an export option, but it didn't actually export everything that they said it would. And oh. all of the conversations were gone completely gone. And some of these people had 10 years of family history. They were using it the whole time. Yeah. And it's just it's it's off to the vapor, you know? And I just, Um, you know
1: (laughs) if it's important to you, you don't put it in the cloud. I'm sorry. It's why I still use Quicken instead of using something like a mint. (laughs) I I just I'm not going to store my stuff out there. I'm going to store it locally myself. Where I can do backups myself.
0: Yeah, I was using FreshBooks for a while and they will email you like daily backups.
1: Let's see well, that's good. Companies yeah. like that are smart where you you know you need to have your data on your computer.
0: Well, I mean, this is like, you know, this is 10 years ago that this site started. So, mm-hmm. you know, data export, my data, all that stuff wasn't very prevalent back then, although I'd like to say that I was a leader in the space with blogrolling.com because I gave you seven different export options, but these guys did not. And, you know, people got burned by it. And I just want to say, get used to it. You know, if you're going to if you're going to put your stuff in somebody else's yard and always remember that the cloud is just uh, a euphemism for somebody else's computer.
1: That is true. And Microsoft has rolled out something that is both. If it actually worked well, I, I would be more terrified. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, so you're talking about their age guessing tool eh?
1: yes they're eight a- well I, the the how how-old.net which is going all over the place today as people are are figuring out that uh that you, you know that they can't guess your age at all i i ended up 22 which i thought was flattering so thank you microsoft
0: yeah so i'm a 25 um, year old female
1: oh, okay that makes sense actually
0: <laughs> yeah, and, <fuck laughs> hence you. the lady gaga <laughs> fuck you i'm just saying
1: yeah Uh, so, I mean, it's kind of just a a cute little front end rollout for their facial image and speech recognition APIs that they're releasing.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't
1: work very well, but that's the whole point of big data. As it gets more and more data, it will.
0: Right. And we're going to talk about this in the next section a little bit more. But yeah, they, they totally underestimated how many people were going to go check it out because everybody's a narcissist.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) Now, on uh, a previous episode, we talked about the Waze issue mm-hmm. with the LAPD, where they were, you know, trying to get Google to shut down the, the police tracking on it. And then they yeah. started doing their like, you know, OK, well, let's just spam it with fake data, which Waze was smart enough to say, yeah, this is fake data. Right. Um, well, they've uh, reached a little bit of a deal with uh, the L.A. cops, and mm-hmm. they're going to start using Waze for uh, Amber Alerts. So you'll be able to track Amber Alerts in your Waze app. We
1: have Amber Alerts everywhere now already. They come through your phone unless you shut them off. They're on all the freeway signs. I get it, but okay. Yeah, this is... We need know. them in another way. And again, aren't you, you're, you're driving. Aren't you supposed to not get distracted with alerts?
0: Yeah, you you would think so. But okay, just checking. I still just, don't use Waze. I'm never going to use Waze because, A, it just makes your phone ridiculously hot. Uh, your bat- even when you're charging, your battery will go down. On a, on a ride from LAX to uh, the Valley. My battery went from like 90% to 70% while I was charging. And my phone actually turned off at one point because it got too hot.
1: Well, again, I've tried ways here in LA and I personally find it to be ultimately useless here. A lot of people swear by it, but there are people that are more comfortable trying to cross uh, 18 lanes of traffic with no stoplight because ways told them to go that way. While I'd rather spend the two or three minutes just going going in a way that isn't going to make me want to kill myself
0: i'm sorry brian badges everybody wants a badge
1: that's right badges (laughs) eat your stinking
0: badges okay and uh
1: (laughs) so you've got this thing about a burger (laughs)
0: this i just thought this was awesome so mcdonald's apparently has the build your own burger station Right. Okay. Which uh, I, figured, I did not know that. I did not know that either. I've never seen one because I don't go to McDonald's, which I'm assuming yeah. you don't either. You just go. No, there. I do not. So soon you'll be able to go to Chipotle and get your, you know, build my own intestinal distress uh, machine.
1: And... Well, they already do that. That's that's the new <laughs> model for fast food, which is probably why McDonald's is trying to do this.
0: <laughs> so this dude uh, basically put together a burger that ended up costing eight hundred ninety dollars. Wow. Yeah. But he found a bug in the system and he only paid twenty five bucks for it. Smart. All right. Uh, but you got to see this burger to to just I, it, it's been making the rounds. I don't know if well, actually, it's not that bad. There's only uh, 11,000 shares on it. So I, I'm guessing most people haven't seen this. But yeah, he, he christened it the Big Max. It turned <laughs> out it was three point eight pounds when he was done.
1: Well, he put a lot of tomatoes in there, so that's healthy.
0: He put a lot. I mean, basically he just maxed out all the buttons.
1: Yeah, that's that's very
0: funny. I wonder how you got it for so cheap. That's that's pretty good. Um, but the funny thing is, I mean, this reminds me of Scooby-Doo, like when he would make the Scooby snack and it would be like yes. six feet tall and he would get out the string and tie it down.
1: <laughs> yeah, this thing's pretty massive. I mean, I thought eight hundred and ninety bucks would basically get you a McDonald's franchise.
0: Uh, pretty close. OK, uh, so uh, we have it. We're going to have to have a new segment. We're going to call it Shark Fin Watch. OK, uh, we're going to have to get Bob up and get, a, <laughs> get us a nice bumper for that. Uh, Duffel, a service that packs and ships your suitcase. Oh. <laughs> Oh, uh, the shark fin, lazy bastard. I can't wipe my own ass watch. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you, you, they, they send you a box and you put your clothes in it, like your general travel clothes. And then when you're ready to go on a trip oh, and they will, when, when they get it, they will, they say professionally photograph. I'm like, I don't care if it's amateurly photographed. Who gives a shit? Just show me a picture of my shirt. And, uh, <laughs> then you pick what you want and then they will have it waiting for They will FedEx it from their warehouse to the hotel that you're getting to. Okay. This
1: might be one of the dumbest things I've ever heard.
0: Ten bucks a month just to store your stuff in a hundred bucks per trip. And then when you're done, you send it back to them. They will launder your clothes and put them back in storage. Now, two problems with this. One. (laughs) Only two? Well, one, it's fucking stupid. (laughs) I'm sorry. Pack your own clothes, you lazy bastard. Yeah. Two, if I'm traveling with clothes that I want to wear on a trip, chances are I'm going to want to wear those same clothes when I'm at home. Yeah, probably. And... And they also say it's like, well, you get to you recycle your wardrobe because you rarely travel in the same clothes. Like You, you rarely travel home in the same clothes that you traveled to a location into. I'm like, OK, well, what if I really like the outfit that I flew in on and I'd like to take it home with me? You know, it's like there are many flaws in this besides the fact that it is just ridiculously stupid. You know, just uh, bring back bring back the, the service that just sells me quarters. You know,
1: I was just thinking we should start a a, a new startup called Booger and we, we will, it's a service that will come pick your nose for you.
0: (laughs) Oh man. The funny thing is I actually came up with an idea similar to this, which I, somebody has built since then. Were you drunk? (laughs) (laughs) Always drunk
1: to come up with these ideas.
0: Of course. That's the best time to come up with an idea. No, I wanted to have like small space storage in a city. So if I, if I'm traveling to a place all the time, Uh, you basically, they have a a tub that you have your stuff in and they just deliver to your hotel and then you use that stuff while you're there and then you put it back in and go. And when you leave, they pick it up.
1: You could leave a gun in every city, Jason.
0: Exactly. The funny thing is Tim Ferriss took this. And if you go back and read his article on urban caching, where he credits me for the ideas with the urban caching, now he leaves trunks at the hotels that he goes to. And (laughs) then they have his stuff waiting for him. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't scale for long-term for a lot of people, but you know, if you're Tim Ferris, you can get away with it. Yes. But you know, he took my idea and just kind of Ferrissed it up, I guess. But this is like on this is the globalization of what my original idea was, and I eventually determined that my idea was stupid. Okay, so good. they they obviously are still drunk and haven't sobered up yet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, and uh, finally, I, I had a ton of drone news, but I just kept it out today because there's just one article that's making the rounds right now, and it's the age of drone vandalism begins with an epic nyc tag now a it wasn't very epic no it, it looks it's, like it's a red line yeah <laughs> it's it's like just a little bit of red paint but this guy made a this guy katsu made a proof of concept drone that could you know tag places that the normal human couldn't get to right. and you know this is just the beginning of it the, the drone news this week was was pretty epic and we could just devote a whole show to it but it's all you these know. people that are saying this is coming, this is coming. It's like, all, it's all the ideas that we came up with two years ago. Yeah. And the now bad, they're like... All the, the
1: bad shit that's going to happen when everybody gets their hands on it's, drones.
0: Yeah. And it's all finally, you know, it's, people are starting to come up with the same ideas we had and they're actually doing it. We're like, no, we came up with the idea and we thought, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. So anyway, yeah. my friend uh, Jay Goldman, who was a, a previous guest on the show, he mm-hmm. drove by that spot uh, just a couple hours ago and uh, posted a picture on Instagram that it, the billboard's already been replaced.
1: Yeah. You know, Banksy is a graffiti artist. Uh, I'm tired of artists always being attached to this. This Katsu guy is not a artist. This is just a dick with a fucking spray paint can.
0: (laughs) I've never heard of the guy. I don't follow the, uh, you know, the graffiti, the graffiti vandal crowd. But everybody knows Banksy and Banksy knows how to make art.
1: Yes, he is a real artist. Not the rest of you. (laughs) Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Moving on. Security? Ha! in news that should be surprising to absolutely no one uh we've got the hack of the week and it's wordpress
0: it's back <laughs> yes wordpress had a uh consistent uh not not a consistent a critical <laughs> persistent yes. persistent uh, you know it, it, it happens uh basically cross-site scripting O'Day that came out and uh hat tip to sam harrelson for this one he's the first one to uh Tweet me about it so he gets the he gets the credit. He's at Sam Harrelson on Twitter. But um, this one was interesting because it was pretty massive. It hit yeah. the, the the latest version, the 4.2 branch of WordPress, which is like the latest, and uh, it was nasty. But you had to have comments on, and you had to have approved a malicious comment to make yeah. it work. Uh, and if you have comments on, you're you. You're kind of stop an it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, even if we have comments, we end up using a third-party like Discuss or something like that. Because WordPress comments are a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible system. Yes. Hat-tipped to WordPress, though. It was, I mean, hours, and they were yeah. done. Yeah, you they fixed
1: it quick. You know, But that doesn't mean anything if you don't hire someone to keep track of your WordPress site
0: okay <clears throat> <laughs> yeah uh so yeah 90 percent of the people out there will probably not install this patch for at least six months and uh if you're a hacker go to town <laughs>
1: yeah go to town because basically cajillions of sites are are infected at the moment or open for you to uh, you know have your merry way
0: <laughs> yeah so as i mentioned i'm moving back to california and now i'm really excited because you guys actually have a, a republic or not a republican a representative uh who's a democrat named uh ted Lou. I like this
1: guy. Me too. I love this story.
0: Yes. Uh, in uh, in a panel in D.C., uh, basically he came out and said, uh, encryption backdoors are technologically stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. He's got a computer science degree from Stanford. So
1: yes. And uh, yeah, he's uh, one of our representatives. So I'm good on him.
0: Yep, Finally. No, it was great. I put a link in the show notes of his actual testimony on this panel. And it, it is queued up so you can just press play and watch it for like five minutes. And the dude rules. And he's just telling everybody on the panel that everything that they've said is just bullshit. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yes. And, and not to be partisan. So let's also mention the Republican from Texas, Will Hurd, who also has a computer science degree and worked in information security. And he basically agrees and shares his skepticism of the security of such backdoors. Excellent. So because, hey, somebody yeah. in Texas.
0: This is this is a this is an issue that goes across the aisle, as they would say. Yes. So yeah, check this out, and it was it was just it was fun to fun to watch. Honestly, <laughs> um, what was also fun to watch was uh, there's an article on Ars Technica on how to crack a master lock in uh, eight tries or less.
1: Yeah, this is terrifying.
0: It's not terrifying because I can crack a master lock with a tin can and a pair of scissors in under ten seconds. <laughs> so this whole thing. Uh, uh, Sammy Camcar. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. This guy is everywhere now because I just saw him on the uh, picking up chicks episode of the Tim Ferriss experiment. Tim used him to like do all sorts of page scraping and stuff like that, and analysis on where he can find chicks and all that stuff. But this guy right. is this guy is really cool. He is a <laughs> super smart like Uber hacker, and uh, he's got a YouTube channel. Check it out. Link will be in the show notes. And he's made a device that you can just plug the lock into, and it'll just open it for you. Yeah. <laughs> So it's very neat. But yeah, honestly, uh, when I took my urban escape and evasion class, one of the first things we learned was how to get rid of a master lock in in literally under 10 seconds.
1: Right. Well, that's comforting.
0: Um, Yeah, they are not safe. And by the way, the funny thing is uh, Kevin Mitnick, when he was on the run, had all of his papers and his money and he went to the gym and he used a master lock and he came back and it was all gone. (laughs) Because the fun thing is it's almost unnoticeable how you when you open a master lock with a shim. That you, you can't even tell it's done if you unless you know where to look on the back of the hasp there'll be just a few little scratches, but otherwise people come back the locks are back intact you don't even break the lock right, so this is just a fun hack it's not it's nothing new. master locks are terrible. never buy one um they're just they're they're ridiculous speaking of ridiculous mm-hmm. <laughs> the nSA has made a coloring book for kids
1: yeah, this is our government money at work
0: now. I look at this and I'm like, okay, just scratch my head going, what the hell? The thing about this is the Verge article has Mm -hmm. a bunch of scans of the coloring book. Yes. And I put this in here just so I could give our listeners a pro tip. (laughs) If you're scanning something and you have back bleed coming through Mm -hmm. the scan, there's a fix for that. You put a black piece of paper behind what you're scanning and it fixes it all. You never get bleed. That is true. And we learned this in 1993 when Missy and I were working on Spew, uh, <laughs> scanning all the copies of Vogue and Cosmo so she could have her supermodel picks up on the website. Yes. But yeah, if you're scanning things, put a piece of black paper behind it and you won't look so amateurish when you're on The Verge talking about uh, how the NSA is taking over your children's minds.
1: <laughs> that would require journalism.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, man, I'm trying to drop some knowledge,
1: drop tips, some knowledge. tips and tricks. Yes.
0: So did you see the Tesla hack?
1: Uh I did. It was very clever.
0: Yeah, did you see it in real time?
1: No, I did not. Uh, I, I was I, I don't was... Uh, you know, you know my thoughts on Twitter.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> um so I was watching in real time and everybody's like, "Oh, looks like uh, Elon got hacked and then Tesla got hacked." And the funny thing about this was a uh, simple social engineering hack. Yeah. Simple social engineering hack. Uh they called up the the first I think they called the phone company, had them you know, transfer all the lines Yeah, because you can call the phone company and just spoof your caller ID. Mm -hmm. So that's how they got through that. And then had the lines transferred and then they called network solutions and shame on Tesla for using network (laughs) solutions. That's the most egregious part about this whole thing. I think. And (laughs) yeah,
1: we're not fans.
0: No fuck network solutions. They are the devil. (laughs) And then basically they took over everything because once they got into network solutions and changed the, you know, the email addresses and for everything, it's it's Bob's your uncle. So that's that's game over. So, yeah, social engineering hacks are still the biggest problem. People are always going to be the problem. Yes. Yes. Always. (laughs) Oh, actually, actually not always, because uh, always (laughs) the American (laughs) Airlines hack was not a people problem. It was a software glitch with a bad map.
1: Yes, apparently on Tuesday night, uh, American Airlines uh, had to ground a few dozen flights, which means hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars, actually, which is when it gets very weird after a software issue with pilot iPads, which prevented planes from taking off. First off, I didn't know pilots had iPads. Yes, American, American.
0: Well, American is the they've got a full fleet of iPads. Yeah. So everybody's got iPads in the in the cockpits. But this was a specific glitch around Mm -hmm. a duplicate of the Ronald Reagan Airport in D.C., And so that was it. So it was a subset of flights. It was only 70, I think, total. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the the crazy thing is they're not getting an update till May 8th. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's a map update. Come on, guys. And it's a week. Come on. WordPress fixed it in a couple hours.
1: When WordPress is doing better
0: than you. Yeah, and they don't even get paid. Well, I guess they do get paid, but the, <laughs> it's open source, man. Uh, they're developers, uh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I can go on forever. Um, but anyway, yeah, the fact that it's going to take you know that long to fix a map problem.
1: Yeah, that seems a little crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what you get when you, are American.
1: They, well, and I also bet they don't keep the developers on staff, and so they're outsourcing it. So. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's a, th- it's a. That's the thing. It's a third party app. Yeah. But with this much press, I would think they would have guys working around the clock to fix this.
1: Hey, you know, I you think uh, stranger things have happened.
0: Stranger things have happened. You know, it would really be strange if people that we tell to use one password actually used one password.
1: That's never going to happen. Come it's on.
0: never going to happen. But there's a really cool uh, article on the Agile Bits website. Agile Bits is the company that makes one password. It's called one uh, password. Find my stuff. How to not lose anything ever again. All right. This is a clever hack using one password. It's kind of tedious and probably never going to be implemented by most people. Yeah. But what came out of the comments was the the uh, readers of the post were like giving Agile Bits tips and they're like, hey, actually, that's a pretty good idea. So we might actually see some of the things for tracking physical objects inside of one password actually show up. But um, I want to give a shout out to my friend Lisa, who uh, last night at uh, at the bar, she said, "Uh, yeah, I was listening to your show and I use one password. I'm like, really, you do? She's like, yeah, I have one password for every site that I go to. (laughs) Wow. Like, so there is la-ca-ching. one. Um, no, 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 no. She just uses a single password. Oh, <laughs> she was making a funny. I got it. <laughs> so
1: that is the one password all our listeners probably do use.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I did tell her that there is no excuse if everything in her life goes kaboom. Uh, and uh, she's like, yeah, I know. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was the thing. She just didn't care.
1: Well, that, yeah, that's the thing. And uh, by the way, if everything in your life does go kaboom and you find yourself in a court of law, guess what? They can access your entire Facebook existence and uh hopefully you hadn't been very happy on it.
0: Yeah, well, your entire social media existence souped to nuts. Yes. Uh this is this is I think one of the most important articles of the week. Yeah. Uh it didn't unfortunately it is a slate article, just saying. Uh, yeah. Well, um, but yeah, people who were uh claiming damages for, you know, like light or, was it uh
1: there's emotional a, distress, repeated injury, uh, nightmares and slip, sleep deprivation, loss of enjoyment of life. That's is the, the one, one
0: loss yes. of enjoyment of life, which is the strangest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Loss of enjoyment of life. And it's like, does that mean your entire life? Does just that mean part of your life? Does that mean just getting up and shuffling to the bathroom in the morning that sucks or whatever?
1: Well, in the article, one judge has specifically defined it as the loss of watching one's children grow, participating in recreational activities, and drinking in the many other pleasures that life has to offer.
0: So basically <laughs> that just means you're dead.
1: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so they're using these people's, you know, Facebook posts against them Yeah. to not pay out. And I... I uh, this is a double-edged sword. It's completely, and, and yeah.
1: This is why I found this article to be absolutely fascinating, and I think everybody should read it. Uh, it's, it's really good. It, it is talking more from the point of people who are basically being told that, no, you know, obviously you have not suffered anything because, look, there's pictures of you smiling on your Facebook. Uh, but I see the, the flip end of the coin, which is, you know, this is a great way to stop people that are basically gaming the system, um, you know, for things like workman's comp you know, we're, we're basically paying them and we know this is happening. Uh, you used to have to have private investigators to follow them and, and things like that. But now you can just go to their Facebook page and see, well, you're obviously able to work because they're your jet skiing.
0: Yeah. Well, there are different, <laughs> there are different aspects to this. Like, yes. you know, if you're dealing with somebody who's dealing with, um, sexual abuse, which is what mm-hmm. the article starts off with, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, they can be happy sometimes, but generally they're probably dealing with, you know, Psychiatrists and therapists and all this other stuff say they want to post the few times that they're happy,
1: well, and, and people just do anyways. that's the that's the bias of social media, and we've talked about that hundreds of times. People in general, except you know except unless they're you and I, don't post the negative things that happen to them or the things that they're angry about. Everybody presents their best version of themselves online. That's human nature, and that's what anybody would do, no matter what has happened to them,
0: yeah, definitely. yeah, when you're coming to the workman's comp thing. I understand looking at pictures for that, but for the most part, I mean, if you're stupid enough to go get a get an, uh, a settlement because your back is out and you're on workman's comp and then you go golf and take a picture of you golfing, then we get back to the idiot tax on that one. You deserve whatever you get. But, <laughs> I mean, my mom, has she's she was on workman's comp for years and on disability, and we had a private investigator outside the house for two weeks taking pictures through the windows, yep. this whole nine yards. And she's legitimately on disability and can't work. Yeah, and it's you know I understand them trying to you know not pay out because everybody's after you know they're out for themselves. But that's the whole thing. Everybody's got to be out for themselves. That's why they have that. And people steal and uh, whatever. Um, (laughs) But it is a spiral there, Jason. Oh, completely, completely. But I mean, it's a huge invasion of privacy when you have these these investigators outside your house all the time. We ended up just going out and like taking them, you know, coffee and lemonade and we're just yeah. like you know uh in some in the beginning they would drive off and pretend that you know they were just looking for directions and then finally we snuck up on them and we're like dude you don't have to run every time we know you're here it's okay <laughs> and then like 2 days later they never came back but
1: yeah, well i mean now the same thing is happening online it's you know we we're, we're being stalked and it, 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 we've always talked about if you post something on social media well, you're an idiot because it's public no matter what you say, but now we're starting to see this being used in law, and I'm, I don't know how I feel about it. It's weird. Um,
0: yeah, like I said, it, it is, it, well, it's definitely a double-edged sword, and people who think that their posts are private, they can be subpoenaed for them, and they yeah. have to give them up. And Yeah, that's I why... don't think
1: that most people understand that. I, you do need to, to get that, that anything that you post, anything online, you can be subpoenaed, and you have to turn it over.
0: Yeah, no choice. Yeah. yeah or you can just get a contempt of court and... Go <laughs> sit in a jail cell. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this is this is going to be playing out over the next, you know, <laughs> 10 years.
1: <laughs> the rest um, of our lives.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's a really good read, even, even though it's on Slate. I definitely recommend checking it out. So good find, Brian.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: At the library.
1: Ooh, I managed to mostly read an entire book that isn't about Dune.
0: Oh, my God. Goodness! The spice did not flow. <laughs>
1: the spice did not flow this week, and unfortunately, uh, my brain didn't flow very quickly either. I wasn't able to entirely finish it, but I'm about three quarters of the way in. Uh, this is the new book by Ian Tregellis, who we've talked about a couple times on on this big show here. It's called The Mechanical, and it's book one of a proposed series called The Alchemy Wars, and uh, it is very, very good and very interesting. And he's really, really good at the speculative uh, past fiction.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. He, he's yeah. the one that does like the demons and Nazis kind of thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. that first okay. series that I read by him that I really loved was the demons and Nazis. And uh, this one goes back a little bit further and imagines that basically alchemy worked. And uh, somebody back in like 1600s, uh, some Dutch guy basically invented robots.
0: Oh, interesting. and they took
1: over the entire world. And basically we have them as slaves now. OK, and uh, France went over to the new world to kind of get away from it and are fighting the good fight against them. It's uh it's really interesting. I'm loving it so far. So uh he's he's just becoming quickly one of my favorite writers. I'm gonna
0: have to check out some of his books.
1: I really think that you should go back and read the uh the Nazi ones. I I can't remember what they were called offhand, but they were fantastic. So Uh, I will search our
0: show notes and go find them for sure. (laughs) Uh because our show notes are searchable at grumpyoldgeeks.com. If you want to find any of the old links we talk about, just go search.
1: Yes. Search away.
0: Um, speaking of search, I am mm-hmm. searching inside myself. Oh boy. <laughs> I am reading search inside yourself, the unexpected path to achieving success, happiness, and world peace mm. by, uh, Chade Ming Tan. Okay. I think they just call him Meng at, right. at, at the Googleplex. <laughs> so what this is, is I found this from a business insider article on uh, here's what Google teaches employees in its search inside yourself course. All right. And it, it, the article intrigued me enough where I went and got the book and I'm almost done with it. And it's it's kind of a well-written book on uh, meditation, mindfulness and Mm -hmm. compassion because it's it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's tongue in cheek. He makes pretty funny jokes every now and again. Some of his jokes are just terrible. But um, (laughs) for the most part, there's actually some really good advice in the book. If you're, you know, thinking more about meditation and mindfulness and emotional control and things like that. I was surprised that I actually liked this book.
1: I might have to read this because I am continuing my ongoing struggle with, with meditation and mindfulness. And, you know, I dip in and use Good Friend of the Show's, uh, the Buddhify 2 app a lot. And then it goes away for months at a time. And then I start to realize I'm getting really pissy and I get back to it. So maybe this is a good read for me.
0: Yeah. You know what I do now? Um, basically, I put it in my calendar. My, I have Todoist that I use all my stuff through. Um, and I have a recurring thing. I, every day... I have one hour of no computer and I also have 20 minutes of meditation just filtered into my day every day. Nice. And I can move it, I can move it around if, you know, if I have like a call or something, but that is in my, in my to-do list every day. And I get notifications where it's like, turn your shit off and go relax. (laughs) So one hour a day, I literally have no gadgets. I turn my phone off. I turn my computer off. I go sit on the couch and I read a book. And it's really nice. Or I go for a walk, you know, do something, but. If I go for a walk, I leave my phone at home. I just, it, there's just, I have an hour every day now of no gadgets. And then I also couple that with the meditation and it's really just calming. I really enjoy it. And the only way that I could do it every day was to schedule it. Right. And that, because if you just say, oh, I should meditate now, oh, but I got all these emails. Yeah, and you're, you're never, never going to never yeah. gonna get around to it. Never going to get around to it. And speaking on, on that side, um, I found an article in The Guardian uh, called, uh, distraction is a kind of obesity of the mind. Uh, and it's a quote by Matthew Crawford, who I've never heard of before. Um, but he's got a, a, he's apparently been writing books and he's got a new one coming out. The world beyond your head on becoming an individual in an age of distraction. It doesn't come out till, uh, later next week or early next week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it up and check it out. Um, and I'll let you know if it's any good. But this article, it's a longer article. That's why I figured it fitted at the library. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: it, <took laughs> it is a- very long. <laughs> so re- I feel like I just read the book.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a good read. It's a really good read. And it, it, it talks about a, a lot of our philosophies about, you know, how we are too connected and staring at our phone all the damn time. So yeah. uh, check out the article. I'll have a review next week on the book and let you know if it's any good.
1: All right. That's very interesting. And uh, this is—we're seeing just so much stuff of this uh, stuff about this now, and it's uh, at some point people have to really listen. But you know, they also don't use one password, so
0: software, apps, and gadgets. So I was mentioning on the the last segment how long that article was. Yes. Um, I've been changing my workflow. Okay. On how we do show notes, mm-hmm. and I've come across like a couple really nice tricks now. We've talked about Spritz before. Yes. Uh, it, it's the, uh, the, the quote unquote technology that lets you do like hyper fast reading. Yeah. And they've got a bookmarklet now called the Spritzlet that Ooh. lets you use Spritz on any web page. And I'm cranked up to 800 words per minute now using that <laughs> using that the little Spritzlet. And I've been able to like crank through our show notes so fast. It really does work. It's amazing how well it works and you can tweak it and get, you know, like bump up as you get better at it. Mm-hmm. Retention. Perfect. Uh, speed. Amazing. And ease of use. Great. The only problem with it is you have to turn on third party cookies. Uh. I generally don't have third party cookies on because I don't like being tracked. But to use Spritzlet, yeah. you have to have them on and you have to have an account with them.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: It's very unfortunate. But you know what? this This is the give and take. Yeah. <laughs> the time that I've saved using it has been so incredible this week that I mean, I, I, do, I do our research for this show in bursts. Yeah. So I turn off third party cookies when I'm not in research mode. So I'm not okay. getting tracked all the time. I'm, I'm only going through the articles that I've picked out and how I'm doing that now. <laughs>
1: You're only is, getting tracked on all the crazy ass security shit we're looking up. That's great.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But for the most part, I don't get, you know, the, um, the advertisements that do the follow on. Yeah. So if I search for something poop related for listening when I'm listening to the Morning Dump uh, podcast, I don't get those all over the web for me anymore. But anyway, I use Reader 2 for iOS and Mac yeah. and it syncs using, uh, I forget which account because since FeedBurner's gone, I'm using a different service. I can't remember what it was, like Feedly maybe. Right. So it, it, it syncs between my phone, my iPad and my computer. And that's how I go through like the 2000 articles a week. And what I'm doing now, because I used to like put them to pinboard and then drag them over. All I do now is if I see something that looks interesting, I star it and then just move on. I can go through like, you know, tons of articles that way. And then I'll batch it by going through and picking the stuff that I've starred, opening it up, reading it in spritzlet, and then figuring out if it's worth adding to the show. That has cut off probably half the time. So probably five hours of my week now is given back to me just because of that workflow. So reader is great. Spritzlet is great, and it's like just that simple change in the workflow. Instead of going to Pinboard, bringing it back, moving shit around, mm-hmm. saves so much time. So I definitely recommend. If you like to read a lot, get Spritzlet, give it a try. And if you if you still stick with RSS, like some of us old fogies, check out Reader. It's a really nice uh, RSS app that has you know the cross platform compatibility, which syncs really well. Right. So I'm just saying, give it a try.
1: I still use Instapaper.
0: You know, I was doing that too, but and I was I really liked it. I have an Instapaper premium account because I wanted to try out their speed reading stuff. Mm-hmm. It is far inferior to right. to Spritz to Spritz because Spritz does that thing where it, you know, it highlights one character in red, and yeah. it shifts it, and it really does help comprehension and retention. Cuz uh the speed reading in Instapaper is just they're just spraying the words at you really fast. Right. And it does work but not nearly as well. Okay. I'm just saying, if you want to try it, try it. But for me, it it has worked really well.
1: I'll give it a shot, although the cookies thing bothers me.
0: Yeah, it it bothered me a little bit. But man, saving five hours a week, I I like that more. I'll trade my my advertising soul for a little bit for that.
1: Yes, we all trade our privacy.
0: (laughs) So we were talking about the Tim Ferriss episode before. Yes. And on that show, he talks about his Precision Extra Blood Glucose Monitoring System that he uses to measure his ketones because he's on a ketogenic diet. Yes. I have bought one. Okay. I am now on the ketogenic diet. Right. Except for when I went to sushi with my family on Sunday because I never get to see them and I would rather not be like a vegan and uh, eat with everybody else. So <laughs> that's the pain in the ass factor. And
1: isn't, uh, isn't the diet basically meat and vegetables?
0: It's fat. You get right. 80% of your calories from fat. So my morning okay. routine now is I make my pu'er tea with the ginger and turmeric and each cup has a tablespoon of coconut oil in it. Right. And for lunch, it's like, okay, I'll just have a spoonful of butter. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of fat, heavy cream. And I'll have like a cup of vegetables, uh, steamed vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower, mm-hmm. a, a cup of that, and then some meat. <laughs> That's <laughs> about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's mind-bogglingly monotonous and boring. Right. But uh, six, I'm down six pounds in seven days. Well, there you go. I'm sleeping like a baby. Um, And the one thing he did talk about on the show is when he got to a 2.7 millimolar concentration of ketones, he became cunty. (laughs) I can completely (laughs) I can completely say that that is true. I was at that yesterday morning and I woke up and I just wanted to go find somebody and rip their head off for no reason. You just get you get you get super grumpy. It is the super grumpy diet. So this that, does not sound good for me. That should be the official diet of grumpy old geeks is <laughs> a ketogenic diet. But this little gadget is so cool. I, you know, I was really worried about pricking the finger, so, but I've got the device that comes with the glucose monitor and it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I mean, if, if you can't take a little prick in the finger, then you're just such a pussy. Don't even bother with it. Um, and the numbers are fun to track. I've never tracked my blood, uh, glucose before. Mm-hmm. And I I hover around like between 110 and 70. I'm like in that range, which is pretty good. You know, I'm not I'm not pre-diabetic or diabetic, so that's good. And all in all, it's been a great, great experience. And so this gadget is really cool. It's fun. Except you have (laughs) to, you know, draw blood every day. (laughs)
1: Yes. And then eat butter.
0: Well, how is that wrong? (laughs) And the one the one tip is on on, uh, the interview, he said that most bacon has sugar in it. Mm-hmm. it does i going to the grocery store all of all of the mainstream bacons are cured with sugar yeah. but you if you just check i found one brand that is just as tasty and it does not use sugar in the curing process so i can eat as much bacon as i want except nice. you don't want to go over too much protein and it kicks you out whatever anyway so
1: <laughs> check it Listen out Listen to the show if you want the details
0: you should definitely check out the show that is at grumpy dot slash 107 um so i got i got Two gadgets this week. Okay. Uh, besides that, I got a Blackmagic Ultra Studio Mini Recorder. All right. When I got the Mac, like, you know, the, the modern Macs don't have any kind of video in. They've got video out. They've all got, like, right. HDMI ports. But getting video in is a black art. So it, almost like magic. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, I originally got this $300 video audio converter from them, and it, it was shit. It did not work. And I had to send it back. And I didn't want another one because once I got it, I'm like, this is kind of crappy. But I, then I found the Blackmagic Ultra Studio Mini Recorder, which all it is is it's got two inputs. Mm-hmm. One of them is HDMI and the other is, um, I can't remember, it's like a coax, uh, like a professional coax type of thing. And it's just got Thunderbolt out. It's nice. powered by the Thunderbolt. And I hooked it up to my uh, Nikon D7100, set it down, installed the software, and then pulled up Skype, checked the video input. Perfect. So now I've got like you know DSLR quality video input into my Mac, and any any HDMI source will work. One hundred and thirty nine bucks. That's cheap. It's super cheap. The thing is built like a tank, um, so I'm not worried about it breaking. The other thing they gave me was just cheap plastic. So if you're trying to get video into your Mac, this thing is great. Okay, it, but it's got to be a Mac. It's Thunderbolt. Right. Um, but yeah, because I, I did research for work because we have to do like webinars and stuff. And we needed something to get DSLR quality video into the Mac. And this is it. It's perfect. Highly recommend it. Very cool. The other thing I got was I got the Zoom H6. Because okay. we talked on the show before I got the Zoom H4n, which you saw because I brought to the pub and you gave me shit for recording our conversations. <laughs> and, yes. Um, which I, I deleted. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good co-host. <laughs> but the Zoom H4n didn't work with the mics that I had that well because it wasn't like very, very good with gain. The interface was just really confusing and whatever, and they had new models. So I'm selling my Zoom H4n, and then I just bought the H6. It's twice as much money, but it's got four XLR inputs, a color screen, and it powers on immediately, individual gain knobs. It's awesome. I used it last night to record my buddy Tommy at at his show. Perfect. It was so nice.
1: These have mics built into them as well, right?
0: It, well, this one the the H4N has mounted mics on it, two mics on the top. Yeah. The H6N has a module system, so you mm. can actually swap out the mics. And the base unit comes with two mics. Right. Two, it, it comes with a a bidirectional mic like the one that's on the H4N, and it also comes with an omnidirectional mic. Okay. So,
1: Interesting. I might actually buy the old one off of you.
0: Uh, you better hurry up because I got a, a couple of people lined up for it. So if you All want right. it, if you want it, PayPal me, <laughs> Okay,
1: because I've got a, I've, I've, if I'm going to record my grump on grumps, they're most likely going to be in person. And this is, seems like an easy way to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a great device as long as you have the right mics. Um, yep. it doesn't, it, it's only XLR mics. So yep. be, be forewarned, but yeah, the, the H6 and it even, the H6 even comes with an adapter with two more XLR ports. So you can have up to six XLR mics <laughs> on the thing. It's crazy. Right. But it, the, the best part about it is it's got a color display that you, you can see really well. It's definitely nicer
1: looking than the H4.
0: And it comes with in a carrying case. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, so that was my gadget fetish for the week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I already to get on PayPal. Media Candy. I finally caught up with some movies and I watched The Theory of Everything, which is the uh, story about Stephen Hawking.
0: You know, I've got it. I haven't watched it yet. What did you think?
1: Uh, I thought the acting was unbelievable. There's there's absolutely no doubt that he should have won the Oscar for that. Um, it's a great story, but it is just a love story. I was a little disappointed that they didn't get in so much to his career and his work. Uh, they They kind of skipped over a lot of that and focused just on the love story.
0: Uh, did so, you, did you see the imitation game?
1: I have not. That's next.
0: Oh, okay. Cause I've
1: got that loaded up.
0: Yeah. Cause that was the other way around. <laughs> so yeah,
1: I think I, I will probably enjoy that more, but uh, the acting was absolutely phenomenal. And if you know nothing about, uh, you know, how his career started and all of that, it's definitely worth it. Uh, because you do get a lot of that. But uh, again, I was, I, I wanted a bit more science and a little less love.
0: Yeah. Well, that's you, <laughs> that you, is- you hate, you hate when the nerd gets the girl, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, Yeah, well, (laughs) he's never just a nerd. He's always a a dashing nerd that, once you throw on the leather jacket, looks amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'll check it (laughs) out. Anyways, it was
1: no, but even my wife, who who is a big fan of the Lovey Dubby stuff, was like, "I wanted a bit more about Stephen Hawking."
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, that 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 saddens me, but eh, yeah, is is what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. Uh, so I finished up the fall. The Mm -hmm. you know the British procedural with Gillian Anderson. Yes. I finished both seasons. Loved it. Oh, OK, the only problem I have with it is she's not really too uh, in a hurry to go uh, <laughs> catch the serial killer slash kidnapper. Um, she could have picked up the pace a little, I think. But for the most part, I really, really enjoyed it. And if uh, if you got some time, I recommend checking it out. If you like if you like, you know, murder procedurals, especially British ones with Gillian Anderson, <laughs> right up your alley,
1: <laughs> right up your alley. Yeah. Okay, I will. Uh, I definitely have to check that out because I'm I a big fan of her, and uh, you say the show's good, so I'm, I'm on it. On it. Damn it. Uh, speaking of on it, Blur have put out their first album in 20-some-odd years of new material called The Magic Whip. It is uh, not bad.
0: Yeah, I listened to it this morning. I was like, eh, it's okay. I was,
1: the, the whole promotional bit for it was really getting me. I love the first single. That is a rockin' great song. Uh, and I love, you know, I love anything that's Japanese and they went with the whole Japanese artwork and design for everything, including the videos. So that's all been fantastic. But then when I actually listened to the entire album, he does what he always did to me at the end of when Blur was finally finishing up and what he's done with a lot of his solo stuff, which is just too many dirgy, slow ballads that go nowhere. I want some rock and songs. Damn it.
0: Yeah, I didn't get any rock and songs out of it. I kind of I we had to do the show, so I turned it off.
1: Yeah, it was, the, 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 it,
0: was it was meh. OK,
1: there's a couple good tracks on it, but uh, that's about all you can really expect, uh, which is a little bit of a disappointment. But, hey, it's better than nothing.
0: Uh, well, speaking of rocking songs, mm-hmm. M- Milli Vanilli, that's they're coming back. What I,
1: that's what I think of when I think of rocking <laughs> songs.
0: Uh, they're doing a new album, which is Fabrice, the surviving member, and with the guy who did all of the, the vocals for the original the vo- vocals.
1: Yeah, that, that is clever.
0: Isn't that not <laughs> fucking clever? I was amazed when I heard this. Uh, I haven't talked to Fabrice in a couple of years. He moved back to Germany and we kind of lost touch. But um, I do have a bootleg copy of Blame It on the Rain that he gave me where he sang and it was really good. So, um, you know, I'm I've apparently passed the curve uh, before I before I hit the the second slope. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to this. I think it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, you'll have to report on that for me because I I will not be listening. (laughs)
0: I know. I mean, never in a million years would I think I'd be friends with the guy from Millie Vanilli, but it just, but you are circumstance happened and he's such a sweetheart. I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about him. Um, but you know, the one thing I do might have, might have something bad to say is Netflix is adapting Dr. Seuss's green eggs and ham into a 13 episode animated series.
1: Oh my God. An episode per page.
0: So if you don't know the story of green eggs and ham, Green Eggs and Ham was a bet that I forget who the other uh, person that made the bet was, but they they bet Ted Geisel, which is Dr. Seuss's real name, that yes. he could not write a book in 50 words or less. Yes. And out came Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> um, and yeah, 50 words or less for 13 episodes. I think they're probably going to have to break the mold. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a little ridiculous.
0: So I'm going to get more details on this tonight. I'm going to go have dinner with my dad. My dad is also the director of the Dr. Seuss Gallery in uh, Chicago's Water Tower Place. So if this this series does well, I'm hoping more people will buy Dr. Seuss art so he can retire sooner and come join me in California. So fingers crossed for Netflix not screwing it up. But anyway... If you are in Chicago, please go to Water Tower Place on the second floor, right across the hall from the Lego store and American Girl, and be sure to tell them Grumpy Old Geeks sent you. You won't get any kind of discount, but it'll be a trip for my dad to know that we're sending him business. That would be cool. And it's a, it's a great store. A great <laughs> store.
1: And I love the Dr. Seuss stuff. You know that. I've got, uh, I've got artwork hanging on my wall as well.
0: Oh, now I know what to get you for Christmas. Yes, you can definitely do that. Moron of the Week!
1: I don't even know what to say about this one. Um, A new study from the Stanford University School of Medicine has discovered that basically thinking helps fuel the growth of deadly brain tumors.
0: Um, Okay, well, if you don't know what to say about it, it's probably not good for a talk show. But I'm just saying Uh, you should uh, think about it some more. But if you have a brain tumor, that might be bad for you.
1: But the thing is, I don't want to die. (laughs) It just goes to show you that the entire world is basically stacked against smart people.
0: But here's the deal. We're all going to die anyway. So uh, this is just it, it, this makes sense that mm-hmm. thinking, you know, activates the brain and feeds Which, whatever's up that there. Causes
1: <laughs> problems and lead to. Yeah, this so kind of sounds
0: like common sense to me
1: that it causes brain tumors. <laughs> the thinking would cause brain tumors.
0: Yes, okay. it does. No, no, okay. no. It doesn't cause brain tumors, but it can fuel the growth of brain
1: tumors. Ah, well, so can breathing.
0: Exactly. So, so there you go. It's a bizarre one.
1: So there's a guy that is in no danger of getting a brain tumor. And I obviously <laughs> didn't read the article about Facebook earlier involving uh, how you can uh, be used in a court of law. A criminal got arrested after liking his own mugshot on Facebook. Oh, my Levi God. Charles, A 23-year-old white male, uh, apparently the Great Falls Cascade County Crime Stoppers organization, puts up photos of people, uh, their mugshots, and uh, he then proceeded to like it on Facebook and, and the police were able to go find him
0: oh my god well maybe his brain tumor has uh already metastasized cause uh, yeah he's on for, he's on for forgery uh quote unquote common scheme uh mm. yeah but uh, Jesus Christ you dumb shit and you look at him and he's you can tell that this guy is not going to uh have a movie made about his his genius <laughs>
1: no no and that's why we call this segment Moron of the
0: Week the web's not dead oh no it's not
1: i had never heard of the artist john holcroft before but i'm a huge fan as of right now he's an illustrator i believe he's over in london um there is a link in our show notes to 16 images that perfectly capture how completely nuts modern life has become which is uh, how i found out about him in the first place and this guy could Basically be the Grumpy Old Geeks house artist uh, or the uh, Rockwell for the current generation.
0: No, this guy does great stuff. Uh, uh-huh. I forget where I originally saw this. It might have been on that fake Banksy account on Twitter. Right. Um, but yeah, his stuff has been making the rounds. Uh, this magazine was back from December, mm-hmm. but his stuff is timeless, I think. I think uh, it, it really yeah. still works.
1: Yeah, it's all uh, pretty good stuff and definitely makes you think and worth taking a look at.
0: Yeah, we have a link in the show notes. Uh, we'll check out the Good uh, Magazine article or go to johnholcroft.com. Proper spelling in the show notes. Oh. And what I found this week was a, a surprisingly a mashable article. <laughs> it's uh, uh, photos from 1913 called Christina in Red, a girl oh. at the beach one year before World War I. These Pretty photos crazy. are amazing. You just, I mean, you have to look at them. This is all visual, but you look at these photos and this could just be some douchebag with a Lomo right now, Yeah, you know, and you just, you think about this and like, these are like girls having a picnic on the beach, but this is before world war one and they're in color and not colorized because they were actually using a color process back then. And they're just, I mean, I look at them and I'm just like, Wow. I mean, honestly, that was the whole, only thing that I can think of is, wow, when you really put this into perspective with how long ago these were taken and how normal these people are.
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're great photos, and this is definitely doing the rounds. And, you know, the one shot of her, it looks like, I mean, it, she could be a girl like Coachella. It looks like she's wearing a hoodie and she's just sitting there. I know.
0: That's the yeah. thing. That's that's yeah. what makes them so like almost poignant that, yeah. you know. Honestly, I mean, they're just very cool. I was, I was totally taken by these photos, so I wanted to make sure, even though they are making the rounds, I wanted to make sure that they got into the show.
1: Excellent. Very good stuff. I'm glad that we did an entire visual segment on our
0: podcast. <laughs> I know. But it is The Web's Not Dead, and you have to go to the web to uh, appreciate it. True that. <gasps>
1: I'm covered in bees. My favorite comedian of all time, Eddie Izzard, or Izzard, depending on how you like to pronounce it, is on a world tour right now, so you should go see him. I will be seeing him at the Hollywood Bowl coming up next month, and I'm very excited about it.
0: Did you get your tickets already? Yes, I did. Damn. <laughs> I will be there next month, and I wanted to go see it, but I don't want to go sit by myself. <laughs> and I, sure. I looked at the I looked at the seating chart, and it's pretty full.
1: Yeah, it's already pretty packed. I mean, I, I, my seats are actually really crap, but uh, I just uh, I had to go. It's been a while and it's a completely new tour with new material and I haven't seen it yet. So I'm very excited. So I've Eddie never, answered, amazing.
0: I've never seen him live and I would love
1: to. I've seen him in in kind of uh, I've seen him at like the Wiltern kind of medium sized places, and I've also seen him in a room with only twenty other people. When he was he often uh, tries out material here in L.A. and oh, he'll really? announce that on his site. So hmm. once you get here to L.A., make sure that you sign up for his mailing list because he will blast out. You know, he he literally just goes and tries out material in tiny rooms.
0: Oh, and, that's great!
1: Get tickets and go. So I've seen him, uh, you know, like with twenty people, and now I'm going to go see him with twenty thousand.
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think the bowl holds 20,000 people.
1: No, not quite. But it feels <laughs> like that when you're trying to get the fuck out of there.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's the worst place to get into and get out of. Yes, it but is. I, I got to say, the only comic that I ever saw do new material in like a private show was Robin Williams.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
0: It, you'd think it would be, but nope. <laughs> I think it was the first time he was trying out this material because it uh, sucked. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible.
1: I kind of want to get in there at the end when it's mostly honed.
0: Yeah, when it's (laughs) polished and ready to go.
1: And I want to give a shout out to Herman Miller. If you are a work at home person like us, or basically anybody in design has these chairs, everybody knows the Aeron chair. They're absolutely fantastic. I am sitting in one now that is about 12 years old. I did not know that they basically do an annual sale and it is coming up. It starts next week, May 7th, where you basically get 15% off anything. So I am looking to replace my Aeron with a Mira two.
0: Um, okay, go for it. I'm, (laughs) I'm standing. (laughs) so this does not this does not actually apply to me um but the only problem i have with those herman millers no Mm -hmm. fart guard no fart guard
1: well that's why i work from home alone
0: (laughs) alone being the operative (laughs) term yes but when those things were in like a boardroom and you're sitting in a room with like 12 other dudes who just went to chipotle for lunch it can be a little stifling is all i'm saying
1: or not stifling as the case may (laughs) be
0: Oh man. Oh. <laughs> and I never, I never found the Aerons that comfortable.
1: Um, you really have to play with it. Like mine is just completely tweaked. Um, and it's extremely comfortable because I've gotten it there, but, uh, that's why I'm actually ready to, to try a different one. So the mirror Two looks really interesting. And I walked down to design out of reach and, uh, where they actually have them. So you can sit down in them and play around with them. So,
0: you know what, uh, another pro tip, what I found better than getting just the straight, you know, Herman Miller chairs, Mm -hmm. go to relax the back store.
1: They, that's true. They have some really good stuff there.
0: Yeah. I mean, granted I spent $1,200 on a chair there, (laughs) but I sat in that chair and I could sit in that chair for 14 hours, get up and it felt like I wasn't sitting. So you you definitely pay for comfort, but, uh, no, this looks like a good chair Mm -hmm, if if you don't fart a lot or have guests.
1: Yeah. Well, luckily I'll (laughs) try to, contain myself.
0: So I'd like to give a final shout out to Mr. Tim Ferriss for taking the time to come on the show. It was a fun chat. I wish we would have gotten to talk about more things, but Tim likes to talk and yeah. uh, I didn't really get as many questions in, as I wanted because the stuff that he was telling me was really good. Um, and uh, I'm going to take him up on his uh, offer for a round two in San Francisco. It wasn't really an offer. It was more of a demand, uh, huh. but I'll bring the wine and uh, can hopefully get some more interesting stuff. Cause I wanted to talk about, Uh, the honey before sleep with Seth Roberts, because Seth Roberts was going to be a guest on the show before he unfortunately died. And Tim and Seth were really good friends and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, anyway, super shout out to Tim Ferriss. Go check out the episode. Even if you think he's a douchebag, I think you'll still learn something.
1: I'm still on the fence about him. And I really did enjoy the show. And I, I do hope that you do get to do a round two and, you know, do the life hacking thing. Let more life hacking, less guns.
0: Well, you know, here's the here's the problem with doing doing an interview with Tim Ferriss when he's on a media push for a thing. Yes, you have to talk, talk about, about the thing, the thing. Yeah, so that's why I tried to get him on different tangents while we were going, and it worked. And you know what? He's going to go take my advice for once and go get get the the water retention system for his house. So I would like I am very proud. The fact that I I told something to Tim Ferriss that he's going to finally do, although he generally does the things I do and then takes credit for him. But anyway, that's a different story for a different time.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's a good way to get him back on the show.
0: No. He's a bud. He's a bud. He knows what he knows what he's doing. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm Jason Filippo and you can follow me on Twitter at jason.com, all spelled out, or at jpd.me.
1: And I'm Brian Schillmeister. You can follow me on Twitter at at
0: We'll talk to you next week.
1: Talk to you next week. Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. No, really it is. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG and drop a few coins in our cyber tin can to help support the show. We really appreciate it, and I mean really appreciate your support. We also appreciate your iTunes ratings and reviews. Go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and leave us a few words and five stars. But better yet, tell a friend about the show. The more the merrier. Music for the show is provided by the band Among Us. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. Or you can donate through the Grumpy L Geeks Patreon page at patreon.com slash GOG to get 10 exclusive tracks. You can also find us at facebook.com slash or twitter.com slash Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at slash 108.
0: you can go die in a fire. I'm just saying.